Nuclear proliferation. Global pandemic. Famine. Environmental genocide. War. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf. Oh man, great choice, buddy. Center field, John Fogarty, with all the uh, outstanding big leaguers that we've lost recently to include the great Hank Aaron. I think that's a fantastic choice. I know it's been a, it's been a rough couple of years, 2020 and 2021. And now Hank Aaron, the great Hank Aaron, who was great on the field and off has uh, passed away. And also a great guest star on the seventies and eighties um, uh, sitcom happy days. I didn't know Hank Aaron was on happy days. Yeah. He was on an episode of happy days because the Milwaukee Braves. Yeah. Oh, happy yeah. days. Okay. What a great, probably the greatest home run hitter of all time. Uh, Easily the greatest home run hitter of all time. Never sniffed a steroid, that guy. No, but uh, the grace that he exemplified after the fact when he didn't come out and just eviscerate those steroid freaks of the 90s and early 2000s says all you need to know about about Hank Aaron. Well, yeah, I mean, Hank Aaron always was a class act, and he remained so uh, up until his passing, which cannot be said for every professional athlete, certainly. Next is another great... um, story uh, from our nation's capital in our world famous newsreel segment that everyone is talking about brought to you by ipedia the automation of innovation ipedia uh, serving patents everywhere since uh, 2016. Uh, brad i'm sure you were proud to see the national guard called up to defend the uh, swine-like politicians in washington uh, during the inauguration and then being forced out of the Capitol to sleep on the floor of garages. But I I just, the expression, you know, they know or he knows, you know, no shame is probably overly used and therefore, you know, somewhat bereft of its original impact. But talk about literally having no shame. I mean, again, members of the National Guard, for those of you, you know, scoring at home, have jobs and lives, right? I mean, they are not full-time regular members of the military. That is not their full-time job, right? So every time they get called up, and they often get called up in some very critical situations and very rarely get the credit that they are due, floods, natural disasters, et cetera, the National Guard is there. They leave what they're doing and they go serve. 
And they did it again because they were called up to go to the Capitol for what was entirely political theater. I mean, had the National Guard all been treated like kings and queens, it would have still been a reprehensible waste of their time and their willingness to serve and all of the money that it cost for them to be deployed from the various states from which they were deployed. They were not all D.C. National Guardsmen. So it was all political theater, all to, you know, supposedly remind people that, you know, that, that a cert, from a certain perspective that, you know, we nearly lost our, our, our nation here in this riot at the Capitol. And then if that's not bad enough, they then decide once the, the political theater is over, right? Because the, clearly the secure, if there ever had been a security reason for them to be there, it continued throughout the process of the inauguration, you know, basically throughout that whole day and all the events that occurred during that day. If one of them was at risk, all of them were at risk. But there was only one for which there was actual political theater, and that's the inauguration itself. And so as soon as that was over, then they shove them in a garage full of exhaust fumes with no social distancing to the extent that you believe that matters, no social distancing, et cetera. They just you know, again, once the, the, the need for them as a prop was no longer there, then they took those Americans and put them in a garage. We're just a couple of middle-aged gentlemen uh, trying to give our perspective on things. And our perspective on this is it's fucked up. Well, Brad, next we have the big Super Bowl pick segment, which I know you're excited for. Not since Jimmy the Greek Snyder, before he was banned and barred from, um, you know, the whole... Uh, and, and bad uh, from the whole uh, sports uh, entertainment thing. Uh, he used to pick the games and everyone was on the edge of their seat. And now uh, everyone is on the edge of their seat waiting for you and I to make our big uh, Super Bowl prognostication. So Brad, I'll leave it How to you first. How does the guy with the last name of Snyder get a nickname of the Greek? His mother's side. I'll accept mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, so there it is, Brad. What do you... Uh, I think you should. Uh, uh, I think you should pick first. I, you're the football guy among us. Yeah. Well, one, that's not true. You're you're much more of a football guy than I am. You do love your Patriots, so I know you're a little bit conflicted about Tom Brady's performance. I, as you know, I don't know that we've talked about it on the podcast, but I have. I have been boycotting the NFL the whole season. The whole thing stinks the way they treated certain teams with COVID and not others. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It wasn't competitive. It wasn't fair. And so I have not watched a second of NFL football this season. So I'm in a, in a tough position with regards to picking. Now it would be untrue to say that I'm not aware of, of what happened in the, uh, you know, in the playoffs. So I, I know we got the Buccaneers. I know we got the chiefs. I'm obviously very familiar with Tom Brady. Everybody knows who Patrick Mahomes is. But I think it's a tough pick, right? You could lose a lot of money betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. I, I would I read somewhere this week, and I would not have come up with this number had I not read it. This is the this is the guy's tenth Super Bowl. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean that that I mean the fact that that guy. I mean, I, I mean, it's amazing that he's playing football at the age of 43, but the fact that in the 43 years that guy has been walking on the planet, nearly 25% of the time he's been in the Super Bowl is unbelievable, right? And he's, he's what? He's lost three? 
Is that right? He's got he's six and three. He has lost uh, two to the Giants and one to the uh, one. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that's correct. So so he's you know he's got an amazing record in the Super Bowl. Mahomes is obviously incredible. That team is so fast. The Chiefs with Tyreek Hill on the outside, Kelsey playing tight end. Buddy, I don't know. I, 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 I'm disinclined to pick against Brady, but I need to hear you comment on whether or not you think the Buccaneers can play defense against the Chiefs. Well, I'll tell you this. So I agree. The Chiefs are fast. Uh, the Chiefs have, I mean, Tyreek Hill, I've, I've never seen anything like the way he can run and get to open spots and come across the middle and, and find seams in defense and exploit different uh, options for whoever's going to pick him up. Kelsey is a beast. He's a great, he can't block, but he's a great receiving tight end. Um, and, uh, but I, I hate the chiefs. I don't like them. There's nothing about them. That's true. The Patriots went in there and kicked their tail um, in the championship game a couple of years ago when the chiefs should have won that game by 30. Um, I, I think that uh, Brady has never had weapons like this, right? Even in the year they went undefeated, he had Moss and he had Welker, but he didn't have, um, these two receivers, he has Evans and Godwin. He's got Antonio Brown as his third option. He's got Gronk and that other tight end and Fournette. I mean, look, he, he's got an all-star team around him. And the yeah. question is the defense. And the defense did pretty well with the Packers. And I, I think the Kansas City defense sucks. So I think if Brady has the type of game he did against Green Bay in the first half, it's going to be really competitive. He just can't throw those picks. You know, can't throw those interceptions. So I'm, I'm picking the Bucks, and I'm going to say 35 to 21. Oh, that's a decent spread, my friend. 14 points. Yeah, like as I said, I'm disinclined to pick against Brady. I think the Bucks win it. Uh, I'm going to say 28-24. I think it's going to be tighter. So that's our that is our big um, Super Bowl pick segment. So next we've got um, a our question of the week which is also sort of morphing into our relationship cubby segment, right? Because we get all these um, uh, questions and a lot of them have to do with um, people seeking out relationship advice. Cause Brad and I are both in successful relationships. Brad's is much longer than mine, but both of them, I think we would deem a success. So the first question in the relationship uh, question of the week comes to us from White Plains, New York. Um, my husband, Bill, has been very distant lately. He was a prominent person at one time and he's had a lot of bumps in the road. In addition, our best friend, Vince, uh, left our life about 30 years ago rather ab abruptly. Um, there are a lot of issues we've dealt with and a lot of stress, but we've stayed together. We almost broke the glass ceiling together. Uh, what should I do going forward, Brad? I really would value uh, your advice. It's from Hillary and White Plains. Well, Hillary, I, I, I think at this point, if you value the relationship that you have with your husband, and it sounds like you do, and it, it sounds like you've had, as you've said, a few bumps in the road along the way, losing a close friend is, is always difficult. Having, uh, you know, quasi corrupt real estate deals blow up in your face can also be, you know, problematic and stressful on a relationship. And so, uh, you know, my advice is that, you know, it sounds like you've been married a long time. Sounds like you're probably getting into your autumnal years, as we like to say. Maybe 
you know, back off the social appearances, right? I mean, I, my experience has been that as one sort of gets into the twilight years, uh, one still believes that one is perhaps uh, relevant, and oftentimes that's not true. And so if you want to focus on your relationship, make sure that you, uh, you know, sort of are able to, to, to take those final few years together, make them good ones, you know, have some family time, et cetera, uh, then what I would do is, uh, you know, maybe back off the social media, back off the, um, you know, more mainstream media appearances, certainly stay away from glamour shots in the woods. Uh, that, that time period has probably passed and just, you know, settle down with that husband of yours and, uh, you know, maybe stand by your man, as I guess is kind of where I'm getting. Tammy, Tammy Wynette. Exactly. Who is Tammy Wynette? Well, that's great advice. And I, I can see why people, why there is a clamoring um, back in the boardroom uh, for us to do this show entirely on relationship advice. We're going to take that under advisement. And there may be an opportunity for us to do that with a special guest coming up in the uh, coming weeks, certainly around Valentine's Day. That's my favorite holiday of the year. Brad's not shy about saying it's his as well. And so what we may do is just open this whole thing up to all of you listeners and let you uh, get the same quality advice that Hillary and White Plains sought from Brad. And uh, look, we'll dole it out. We'll, we'll sling it. We'll dole it out. We'll give as good as we can get. So next, we've got a brand new segment that is a surprise segment for Brad, because I know he oh, likes boy. to be surprised. This is called the verse of the day, the verse of the day. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to open the good book and I'm going to read a verse out of the good book. And Brad, who, as many of you know, is well versed in the verses in the good book. I'm going to open up the good book. I'm going to I'm flipping the pages right now and we're going to settle on a segment here. And here it is. And Brad is going to guess where in the good book it is and then tell us what it means. Quote, tell him, one who puts on his armor should not boast like one who takes it off. End quote. Yeah, that's a great uh, quote. That's, a, that's actually a verse that, that I like, right? And, uh, and it's out of the book of First Kings. And what's well, or as Donald, Trump, as Donald Trump would say, one kings, correct? Well, he might say one Kings it's towards the end. I mean, it's going to be in the twenties someplace and what's going on. I mean, it's a great quote, right? I mean, you can use that quote in all kinds of environments to include a business environment. Basically what the, the King of Israel, who at the time is Ahab, who was anything but a good guy. Um, so I, I would not suggest modeling anyone's behavior after King Ahab of Israel. This is of course, subsequent to the division of Israel, right, into two kingdoms. So you have the northern kingdom, which is Israel, the southern kingdom, which is Judah. And most, unfortunately, most of the kings of, of actually both divisions were uh, not great guys. But Ahab is famous for being really not a great guy. But he does have this good quote, so that when one of the kings of Aram, Ben-Hadad, uh, you know, is, is challenging him. There's going to be combat here. And, and, and basically Ben Haddad is, you know, talking smack and Ahab's response is, you know, one who you shouldn't, you shouldn't be talking smack until you're taking your armor off my friend. Right. I mean, you haven't even put it on yet. We're not sure what's going to happen. You wait till you take your armor off. And that, that is a great line. 
that I would recommend more people use when someone is talking smack in a business environment or otherwise, because not only is, is the line itself quality, I mean, you got quality out of Ahab there, but it, it's an Old Testament site, right? I mean, if you can cite out of the Old Testament, you should do that. First Kings chapter 20, verse 11, for those of you who want to get out your good books and read along, but, but uh, we're happy to uh, bring you the verse of the day and tie it back to a management lesson that uh, we all can, uh, we all can uh, be proud of. So next, uh, Brad, is the, the great uh, bard or band segment. And this week, we've got sort of this um, amalgamation of uh, elites telling people what they can and cannot do on certain tech platforms, right? So bard, band, yeah. bard. Band. Barred. Yeah. So, so Trump yes. is barred from Twitter and banned from the um, YouTube. And then they threw, they completely eviscerated the MyPillow guy. I mean, he's off of everything. Um, they told people that they couldn't print anything about Hunter Biden. Um, and then now we've got all this, um, all these people who are banding together, not banding together um, mm-hmm. to buy stock to combat short selling of stock of certain companies by these large hedge funds, all these people uh, through these Reddit communities on the internet wanted to buy certain stock, whether it be, I think GameStop is the, the big one that's increased value hundreds of percent. Nokia is one, BlackBerry is one, uh, Tootsie Roll is another one. Their idea was, look, we're gonna go buy this Are stock. Are you serious? Prevent- oh yeah, oh yeah. There, there's a list of about 20 companies and their idea was we're gonna buy this stock and, and really put pressure on these hedge funds who are just, just uh, you know, really making all this paper money at the expense of the the overall market, and pressure was put on certain platforms where these people were trading their stock, and one of them is this Robinhood platform, and they turned around and said these people couldn't buy stock in certain companies on the platform. So you've got this now this pattern of these tech companies um, band, banding together. I mean, it's insane. I mean, look what happened with Parler. The competitor to Twitter, they literally took the servers away and took the whole thing down because they didn't like the words that were being typed on that platform. And they weren't words like go kill somebody. Obviously, that would be um, speech that would be punishable. Um, but you know, they, they just took down an entire platform, an entire forum for free speech. And, and it's, it's getting to the point now where it's, it's dangerous. You might be interested to know that AOC tweeted that it's not acceptable, and Ted Cruz responded to AOC saying, I fully agree. So we've got agreement between the left and the right now. Well, that's great. I mean, that, that's what you need. What you need is Congress to get together and pass a law that takes away the protection that all these platforms have. You know, there should be ramifications uh, for that. I guess in keeping, I'm, I'm glad Jared jumped in there to, you know, enlighten us as to this unbelievable moment of agreement between AOC and I can't even say the freaking guy's name. Ted, I'm ruining Ted my own point. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz Ted thank Cruz. you. But I, I, so I'm going to do something I thought I would never do and agree with Elizabeth Warren is to, I mean, these companies have just gotten too big, right? I mean, that if you are in a position, just in the position to potentially cut free speech off, right? Then you're too big. And obviously these companies are more than just in that position, They've actually done it, right? And now, you know, before again, we get all the constitutional scholars sending us, you know, the, 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 the twits and the Insta faces 
telling us that, you know, the First Amendment only applies to government action. I, 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 I get all that. But I think we also understand the intent, which was that if you are going to be in a free society, if you are going to have a democracy in which you want to have an educated electorate, then you have to allow for discourse, right? And again, I understand that, you know, unfortunately, we've gotten away from civilized discourse, but maybe this is the kind of thing that will help remind us as a people of the value of discourse, right? That if you silence one side of an issue or another, you no longer have discourse and therefore you no longer have democracy. And they should also figure out what happened here with um, this trading because a lot of people weren't able to buy when they wanted to buy. And, and so there, there's going to be a lot of questions. I think there'll be congressional hearings, it sounds like. So that's a good thing. So we're saying barred, right? Because that's the worst yes. thing too. Yes. We're okay. on that. Excellent. You, you and me are like AOC and Ted Cruz. Two peas in a pod. Two peas in a pod in full agreement. Yeah. Except they can't stand each other. No. And we love each other. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a difference there, but in terms of agreement. Not the biblical sense. Not the, not the biblical sense. Well, no, not, not, we have not known each other like you would read in, in uh, English translations of ancient Hebrew. That, that, that is for sure. That's not that there's anything wrong with that. No, that's just not, no, no, no. you know, how David and I go. Correct. Correct. As far as for the record. Yeah. Yes. So Brad, I think this week we'll wrap up with this week in innovation because there's a lot to get to here. So the big, we've got four big things that happened on this day in innovation or this week in innovation. And I'm going to rank them in order of four of them, four of them. Okay. 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 So the fourth, the fourth most important innovation is the, uh, the uh, patenting of the incandescent lamp by Edison back in 1880, 1880. The incandescent lamp is coming in fourth place in this week. Fourth place. But you know what? You know what? You haven't heard one through three yet. You have not heard one no, through I three. Yet. I, so, I certainly have it. So Did one you just open the door to a dungeon? Yeah, there was a dungeon, a cellar. Oh, is it? Huh? Where is right. that? Okay, maybe that's the the innovation vault that we just heard opening there. That could be. Should we open it up? Yeah. yeah. So, so any comments All on right, that? So, I fourth mean, place incandescent lamp. I, I, I am certainly bemused at this point that the incandescent lamp could come in fourth to three other things that happened this week, but I'm all ears, buddy. All ears. Number three in 1986, the Challenger disaster. And that obviously begot a lot of technological changes that whole O-ring thing with the O-rings. So the Challenger disaster, number three. Uh, Number two, the introduction of the iPad in 2010. Oh, my. Yeah, that was a big one. And then the number one innovation in history during this time period in the past, in the historical past, right? 1998, Radio Shack chooses to go exclusively with compact computers. Number one, above the iPad, above the Challenger, above the incandescent lamp, Radio Shack and compact, two names which just live uh, in history, they're obviously on the top of all of our tongues because of what they mean to modern technological advancement. Um, Compaq and Radio Check, Brad, what do you think? I think that one can still find an incandescent lamp that's getting more difficult, admittedly, but they're out there. Space travel is is still a thing. 
In fact, uh, my understanding is that there's serious contemplation at NASA about going to Mars. And certainly one can find an iPad. I have one sitting right here on my desk. Uh, but there are two things you can't find anymore, my friend. And, and one would be a Radio Shack and the other would be a compact computer. Mm -hmm. So that we're not doing time machine this week, partially because we've run out of time. But we sort of have done that anyway, because we've gone through history. We've gone back to 1998 when you and I were sort of in our semi salad days and, you know, walking around with an orange Julius. I mean, in the 80s, you'd have an orange Julius, you'd be at your local shopping mall and you'd be uh, uh, at the Radio Shack looking at some of the greatest uh, innovations. And by 98, yeah, you would only be able to salamander. Yeah. Get a thin tie and then head to the Radio Shack. And you'd only be able to look at compact computers as of 1998. Yeah, but you would have to do it in 1998 because by the time you got much past 98, <laughs> you weren't looking at many Radio Shacks or compact computers. So, Brad, this has been a great episode. We vented a little bit. We talked about one of the greats, Hank Aaron. We've given our Super Bowl picks, and next week we'll have to compare notes. And we've also given uh, – You've given some of the best love advice uh, I've seen this side of uh, uh, Casey Kasem's long distance dedication. Well, I appreciate that, buddy. But I, I think you and I can both agree that if anyone needs solid romantic advice, it would be Hillary from White Plains. Courage probably needs that and a gallon of Chardonnay just to get to bed tonight. I would think so. Cover all the. Cover I know I would if I was going, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's also a different podcast. Indeed. Well, my friend, as always, it's been a uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to uh, getting back together next week here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently, once again clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome. <laughs>